guess what day it is? Great cash, homie. Do not spark. Welcome to the first episode of the Do North Podcast. Uh, that is the name I decided on. Pretty spiffy, I know. Uh, real original. But that's just how we do things around here. So, getting right into it. Uh, you should actually see uh, the setup I got going on here. Um, it's by no means professional. Uh, I got my microphone hooked up to my laptop. And the issue with the microphone off the bat was the cable that's on the microphone right now is this little pigtail kit pigtail cable it's like five inches long so originally i was just gonna record the podcast with just the microphone hooked up to the laptop but then i'd have to sit so close to the laptop that i was like hunched over and it was super uncomfortable and everything because the extender that i bought for my microphone cable was i just went on amazon and bought the cheapest extender i could find and it was the cheapest of the cheap not exactly the highest quality, and it's way longer than I need. It's like 12 feet long. Anyways, the reason I'm telling you all this is because this microphone cable, for some reason, picks up radio signals. So with that being said, the other day it was a uh, it was a mariachi band. Today it sounded like talk radio. It really gets loud and amplified if I if I stretch like if I walk away from my laptop and let the let the cord hang at its full length. But right now it's kind of like bundled up right now next to my computer, so you can't hear it a whole lot. Uh, I'll see if I can edit that out, but originally I was just going to, you know, record it, like I said, just the microphone directly hooked up to the laptop, but then I thought, you know what, it's it's my very first podcast, uh, so maybe, maybe it'll lighten the mood a little bit, maybe distract you from uh, how awkward and uncoordinated this whole experience is with, you know, some, some very light uh, talk radio, a little national broadcasts, you know, maybe, may, maybe we'll, we'll hear from the mariachi band again, who knows, but we'll see. With that little disclaimer out of the way, welcome to the very first episode of the Do North Podcast. Uh, like I said in the promo, it'll be about 20 to 30 minutes each day. Uh, I got a few segments planned. I don't know if I'll hit all of them on this episode, just because, for one, it might make it super long. Two, their novelty might wear off. And three, as a good producer, as, you know, somebody who knows the ins and outs of the biz, even though I may or may not have ever listened to a podcast before, if I, if, if I lay all my cards out right now and, you know, kind of show all the content that's available, it, it won't really leave you guys wanting more. And that's, that's what it's all about. That's, you know, if I just kind of tease you for a half hour once a week, You'll just be wanting more and wanting more. Whereas if I go on and on for days and use up all my material Dane Cook style and have to repeat myself, then it, it, it loses its gravitas. I, I think, I think that's the proper use of the word gravitas. Uh, we'll see. Anyways, hopping into the topics. I start off with a little, uh, twins news. You know, they're starting spring training right now. They're down in Fort Myers. Uh, they're playing, playing games. As you know, I'm sure as Twins fans, spring training doesn't exactly mean a whole lot <laughs> in the grand scheme of things. It's kind of uh, mainly guys that are on the fringe of the ball club or guys that need reps. Like, for example, like Buxton's been getting a lot of, just a lot of at-bats, a lot of playing center because he needs that. Um, a lot of AAA guys 
well, actually all levels, really, AAA, AA, Advanced A guys getting getting cuts at kind of the big league level. So it's really to get experience without having to do it in the regular season and impact any service time or actual games that matter because, well, it's spring training. They're on vacation. They're watched, as you saw on Trevor Ploof and Brian Dozier's um, Twitter feed, they've mainly been watching The Bachelor. So that's it's it's a vacation to South Florida to watch The Bachelor and watch Beyond Hope Park watch The Bachelor. That's what spring training is all about. Speaking of Trevor Plouffe, as the first episode, I kind of just want to talk about Plouffe a little bit. Basically, every week I'm going to be coming up with topics just not really off the top of my head, but uh, if we're being totally honest, yes, I have a week to prepare. But this isn't all I do, so I'm probably coming up with the topics like the morning that I record the show. But anyways, Trevor Plouffe. Um, there's a lot of talk around Trevor Plouffe, a lot of speculations. The big one going into this year was that he wasn't going to be on the team anymore, which I was kind of in the same boat too. I thought he was not really a dead man walking, but he was just going to be one of those ones where, you know, he's up for arbitration and he puts in his... Whatever this is a technical term for his offer, his his side of the offer, and it just kind of disappears, and Trevor Plouffe falls off the Twins' radar. Obviously, that didn't happen. It did happen kind of strangely, though, in the sense that for those of you that don't know how arbitration works, the last three years of team control for an MLB player basically they're restricted free agents, and there's more to it, but. The team makes an offer, and then the player can make an offer, and if they're off and they don't agree, it goes to an arbitration hearing, and a judge decides what that player is actually worth. It rarely ever goes to a hearing, but that's how it works. So, what happened with Ploof is the Twins offered $7 million, one, one year $7 million, and Ploof came back with $7.9 million. So they're off by $0.9 million. And... Shortly thereafter, they agreed on seven and a quarter, so seven point two five million, which is much obviously much closer to the Twins' offer. But the uh, the strange aspect of it really was that the Twins and Ploof never, well, the Terry Ryan and Ploof never really dug into um, a multi-year contract talk. It was all you know, just your regular arbitration, one year at a time hearing, which is very normal for somebody like Miguel Sano or Mike Trout, you know, these like once-in-a-generation talents because they want to maximize their earnings by going year by year while they have team control. But somebody like Ploof, like he's 29 years old. He's been in the league for um, um, a couple years. I think it's five. I'm just kind of going off. If you hold on a sec, I'm going to figure it out. Uh, This really doesn't matter at all in the grand scheme of things. But he's been in the league for six years. Okay. So at that point, you know what he has to offer. You know, that's usually after three years as a baseball player, this is what they are. So we know what Ploof is. He's, granted, he posted a 2.5 wins above replacement last year. But in all, in the grand scheme of things, he's an average third baseman. He's an average defensive third baseman. His OPS was 14th in the league. Among third basemen, he did hit 22 homers last year, which is 
The sec he had 24 in 2012, 14 and 13, 14 and 14, 22 last year. So that's what he is. He hits like 250, gets on base 30% of the time. Okay, so we know what Plouffe is. So what I'm getting at is that when the Twins don't hit an average player with that multi-year, say, hey, you know, even if they bought out the rest of the years of arbitration, which is one, Plouffe's arbitration eligible this year, which he signed for seven and a quarter, and he's arbitration eligible next year, where arbitration can only go up, so he'll probably sign for like eight and a half next year, somewhere eight and a half, nine next year. But if you're the Twins, a lot of people are thinking that either Plouffe walks or he gets his arbitration bought out, which would be a two-year deal, which isn't huge compared to a one-year deal. But he got the one-year deal. And what that tells everyone, although it's kind of obvious at this point, that Trevor Plouffe is not in the long-term plan. They moved Miguel Sano to right field. You know, Plouffe's going to play third this year. Sano's going to play right field this year. Nobody feels good about Sano in right field. But we also realize that Plouffe, as average as he is, he is ours and we have him. So there's no reason to not keep him around until we hit that that contention stride, which we're really entering our six-year window of championship caliber play this year. So that we're, we're just kind of greasing the bearings right now, and the Twins are kind of moving the wheels, so to speak, towards building a team that's championship ready. And we will see much more of that past this year when, believe it or not, a lot of people say what you want about the Twins, but the owner, Jim Polad, Polad, however the hell you say that, and Terry Ryan are more than willing to spend money for the chance at a championship. And I have no doubt about the fact that they're going to do that within the next five years. Uh, if we look back at like 2009, 2010, the Twins, in you know, everybody remembers that was the last time where we ran into the Yankees and that kind of thwarted our plans, but that was the last time the Twins were like, hey, we really got something going. We have a chance at making a run at this. And the Twins bumped up to like 10th in the league in payroll, like 9th or 10th in the league in payroll. And then the subsequent years after, you know, after we'd made that run and didn't quite get there, they moved back down to like 16 or 17 or whatever. Because at that stage, there's absolutely no reason to spend your money. We could have stayed the 10th highest payroll or the 8th highest payroll in the MLB. And what would we have shown for it? We would not have had... We wouldn't have had Buxton. We wouldn't. I mean, we, we probably still would have had Sano, but just because we smuggled him in a crate out of the Dominican Republic, so there's really no, there's no draft status going on there. But a lot of these high draft picks, we wouldn't have those, and we'd have a bunch of just albatross contracts laying around of guys that we'd overpaid for too long, just for the sake of staying mediocre, for the business cycle in between our championship windows. There's absolutely no reason for that in baseball. So bringing that full circle back to Plouffe, he'll be here this year, maybe next year. We could see maybe like a Jepson. Got a little crack in my voice there going through puberty. Uh, we could see a little Jepson scenario where 
we move him halfway through the year for something. But then again, we gave up absolutely nothing for Jepson. We gave up two guys that are never going to see an MLB diamond for as long as they live. Speaking of which, another thing is that Jepson gets a ton of flack, which is ridiculous because he was a fantastic pickup last year and pretty much saved the second half of our season, both literally and figuratively. So, I think I'm running a little long, too, and I might be boring you on the uh, Twins contract situation talk, but I just want to really clarify where the Twins are sitting right now. Um, I know I know that there's a lot of confusion, especially from the casual fans, and a lot of anger towards it, ownership, which is kind of unfounded in the grand scheme of things if you just disregard the whole, you know, ownership holding us hostage so we pay for their stadium. But that's a, that's a whole other debate for another day. Um, so probably cut off the Twins talk right now being as, like I said, I don't want to bore the living daylights out of you, and this is more than just Twins talk, but I'll probably only hit on a couple topics, like one or two topics for each episode, and then move into the segments at the end, and then maybe leave with a little final thoughts or letting you know what's going to happen. So our topic number two, which I have here, I don't know how long I'm going to drag this out for, but I thought it would be worth talking about um, going into the final part of the NHL season with the Wild was our fourth-line center, Jarrett Stoll, uh, ex-New York Ranger. This is what I want to tell you. This is what going in into the NHL playoffs. If the NHL playoffs started today, I believe, I'm not fact-checking this, so I believe the Blackhawks would play the Wild in the first round, which is fantastic, you know, obvious for obvious reasons, because I'd rather get that out of it. It's like, it's like peeling off a Band-Aid. We'll use that analogy. Except, like, peeling off a Band-Aid and then, like, getting stabbed, like, after after you take it off with, like, you know, the other rounds of the playoff. Whatever. Anyways. We'd play the Blackhawks. NHL playoff started today. And Jared Stoll. He sucks. He's really bad. I don't know how much faith you guys put in advanced stats in hockey. I know hockey naturally is one of the hardest sports to quantify statistically, but I don't know if you're familiar with Corsi. It's basically just a possession metric, which boiled down to its bare bare bones. An average course, a Corsi of 50% means that when you're on the ice, your opponent has the puck just as much as you have it. If you have a Corsi over, over 50%, it means you... Your team has the puck more than the other team when you're on the ice, and vice versa. Well, Jared Stoll has a Corsi of 35.9, which is very, very bad. It's actually the worst on the wild by a decent amount. Ryan Carter's is 38.8, but Jared Stoll's Corsi is 35.9. And, and, maybe the worst thing of all is shorthanded... <clears throat> so on the penalty kill, Jarrett Stoll's goals against per 60 minutes is far and away the worst on the wild at 12.6. Uh, just for reference, let's see, uh, Parisi's is 7.8. Um, Nino's is 6.7. So he's very, very bad. And the question really comes to be, 
is why have him on the ice if he's so bad and he hurts our team so bad? Especially considering the fact, granted that, you know, he's an elder statesman, but Tyler Grayovac just got healthy. He's playing with the Iowa Wild right now. He has 11 points in his last 14 games. You cannot tell me that the Wild are better off with Stoll instead of Grayovac. Like, Stoll's really a conundrum anyways, because he's 33 years old, which is by no means a drop-off. It, it, it by no means warrants a drop-off that awful. Like, his, mid-career, his mid-career statistics are strikingly similar, I think, to Miko Koivu's. And Koivu is... You can hear me clicking. That's kind of weird. I'm, I don't know why I'm so self-conscious about that. But Koivu's 32... And Stoll is 33 or 33 and a half or whatever. There's no reason for his career to drop off like that. Although, I do have a theory. Because if we rewind a few years, or not even a few years, I think it was like two years. That's a few. Okay, so like two years. Jared Stoll gets arrested in Las Vegas for... Possession of cocaine and ecstasy. Getting arrested in Las Vegas for cocaine and ecstasy is like getting arrested in McDonald's for diabetes and morbid obesity. There's absolutely no reason for that. That, for God's sakes, you can buy prostitutes in Las Vegas. Okay, prostitutes are way more dangerous than cocaine. That's just statistics. Talk to the FDA or whatever. But now... That Stoll allegedly is off the coke. He's terrible. So, I mean, if you're picking up what I'm putting down, I'm just saying it wouldn't really hurt to get Stoll back on the booger sugar. Like, is there, is there a way that we can, you know, if, if you're listening to this right now and you have a hookup and you live in the St. Paul area, I'm not advocating cocaine and hard drug use. Well, I am, but only if you are an over-the-hill forest line center for the wild. Other than that, don't do drugs. I think I think I started out talking about how awful statistically Stoll was and ended with suggesting he should get back on cocaine. So I, I think I think that's sufficiently off the rails. For my opening topics. Um, so, now. The segments that I have planned. This is actually getting a little long. I'm going to check to see how long this is. Okay, we're at like 20 minutes-ish right now. So that's about perfect. So for the first segment. Uh, I think I'm going to call it Hell Nah. It's very catchy, I know. Not Hell No, Hell Nah. Uh, it's basically going to be the most foreboding thing I saw on the internet in the last week. Um, You'll figure it out. So without further ado, I'm going to pass the mic off to my friends uh, Bishop Bullwinkle and Kevin the Big Ticket Garnett. Alright, 
This week's Hell Nah comes from... I'm already breaking the rules, really, because this is from like a week and a half ago. But anyways, on ESPN 99.1, uh, John, I think it's John. I, I'm going to butcher his last name. I know he's the associated press writer for the Timberwolves. You, maybe you know who he is. His last name, I believe, is Krasinski. Krasinski? Anyways, he was on 99.1, and he said on the Wolves, I think it's a very real possibility that Sam, Sam Mitchell, the coach, comes back. If we end up winning 27 to 29 games, there's a good chance he sticks around. All right, that that's that's not a hell no, that's a hell nah. And that's for the sole purpose of, and by sole purpose, I mean many purposes of, right off the bat, you know, Sam Mitchell, not a fan of the three-pointers, kind of following Flip's shoes in that scenario, but when asked about why he's not a fan of the three-pointers, he says, well, we don't have any shooters. And let me tell you that is a lie because of the fact that, for one, uh, well, Cat can shoot threes. He shoots like 35%, 36% or something. Wiggins will eventually shoot, in my mind, 35% from three. And Zach Levine and Nemanja Bielitsa are so much better. Granted, Levine is really... His shooting percentage has really increased in the last few weeks, but Levine and Bielitsa are definitely way better shooters than the statistics show, and that is mainly because of A, the offensive sets that we run have no floor spacing whatsoever, and B, whenever we run the pick, for some reason, our shooter or ball handler always comes over the pick Underneath the three-point line. Because that's just the Timberwolves way. It's a long two. It's just the Timberwolves way, man. But back to the Sam Mitchell. Why I don't want Sam Mitchell around. I kind of went a little too long into the three-point thing. So there's really no reason for me to delve into everything else for the sake of time. The thing that really hurts me, though, is the fact that I really, really liked Sam Mitchell before this year. And he's forced me to not like him. Just because of the coaching decisions he makes. The, ro- the predetermined rotations that he uses that are just mind-blowing amongst many other things because when he was an assistant coach he was a great guy because he he was super nice to reporters back then he's terrible to them now because he's under fire or being asked honest questions which I guess is his definition of under fire he used to be just the middle-aged dude with the earrings and the fantastic suits which side note his suit game for some reason has severely suffered since he became head coach Maybe that's a time allocation situation. I'm not real sure. I used to like the guy. He was like the big brother. Like he was the cool coach, you know? And like he played with KG and everything. Like things were all dandy. But now, so at the end of the day, yes, I kind of understand the whole notion that he may come back. I mean, any coach in the NBA is on a one-year deal. That's just the way things work. I understand that he may come back if they show improvement, which is the 27 to 29 game win. But also, you know, Washington did the same thing with Randy Whitman. 
And look where they are now. They're a vastly underperforming team with a ton of young talent that's that's being held down by their coaching. That's not really a position I want to be in. So, with that being said, that was the very first Hell Nah segment. I I hope you just loved it. It was, it was fun for me. The worst part of this whole thing is that I'm going to have to like listen to the entire podcast again in order to edit it because there's a ton of places where like I just like stop talking because I ran out of things to say and I I mean I I don't want to Mike Francesa this there's literally no way it's going to get that reference but I really don't feel like letting you guys just sit and listen to absolute silence you know I'm just I'm just better than that I I think you value your time more than most podcast creators would imagine and I think that's what really sets me above and beyond is I'm condensing the information into this short time frame and I'm basically just siphoning all these opinions and information into your brain in a 20 to 30 minute time span and you will thank me later for this. We're getting a little long on the time in my opinion Uh, so we're going to go into our very last segment. It's not the last ever but it's the last one for this show. Just because of time constraints, obviously. I have like a half dozen, some better than others, some that need names. But we're going to do one more segment. Segments and topics, different things. Remember that. So the last segment is called, I can't believe it's not true. That can be replaced with the word working title as hell nah can. Because hell nah sounds very awkward when I say it out loud. It sounded like a great idea in my head. I like the concept of the segment, but the name needs a little work. So what I can't believe it's not true is going to be about is it's going to be stats that may or may not be true, but are incredibly difficult to prove or disprove. So you're going to have to take my word on them. I don't know what I'm going to use for intro music yet, so... What's going to play next is going to be an absolute surprise because I'm going to add it later. But I want to say one thing to the American people. I did not have sexual relations with them. And I didn't open the ball in any way. Let me start by telling you this. I have never used steroids. Period. So the subject of today's I Can't Believe It's Not True is Adam Brett Walker II. An outfielder for the Chattanooga Lookouts last year, the Twins AA affiliate. He's currently ranked as the um, 11th prospect in the Twins pipeline. So the 11th overall prospect in the Twins pipeline. Uh, He's very... What really makes him... I don't know or not if he'll ever don a Twins jersey. That's for another day. He's 23 years old right now. Played with Chattanooga Lookouts last year. And this isn't the, I can't believe it's not true stat, but he is an absolute power monster. He just strikes out all the time. That's the problem is he bats like he, like last year, he batted, 
He batted 239 with a 498 slugging percentage and hit 31 home runs in 133 games. And he struck out 195 times, which is a ton. It's a lot. He strikes out all the time, like once every two plate appearances. So that's kind of what he's got going against him. But he's working with Doug Mankiewicz for the Lookouts, who is the manager for the Lookouts. So, Adam Brett Walker is our subject today. Hit 31 home runs last year. Batting average of 239. And a slugging percentage of 498. With an OPS that ends up being 807. So he batted 239 with 31 home runs. But, little known split stat for you Vegas aficionados out there that like to keep tabs on your double-A action. Against pitchers named Keith in June, Adam Brett Walker II hit 475 with a 698 slugging percentage. A little more impressive than 239, if you ask me. Now that stat is maybe true, maybe not. I'll let you figure that out yourself. And that was, I can't believe it's not true. But I want to say one thing to the American people. I did not have sexual relations with that man. I didn't offer the ball in any way. Let me start by telling you this. I have never used steroids, period. Well, I'm no marketing expert, but I'd say that I can't believe it's not true is a surefire hit because that has hit written all over it. Adam Brett Walker, big name out there. You know who he is. Um, so that ends the very first episode of the Do North podcast. Uh, I have no idea how it turned out whatsoever because there is a delay between my microphone and my headphones, so I'm not wearing my headphones right now. So we're just kind of going into this blind right now. And I just said right now like three times. I think that's like a nervous thing where like it's my very first podcast, so I just kind of like talk. Uh, so this more than likely sucks, if we're being honest. Fantastic sales pitch, I know. I'm just right out of the bat telling you that this podcast sucks. But hopefully by like the 29th or 30th episode, it really like smoothens out and hits its groove. So just kind of listen with a grain of salt until then. Um, so yeah, keep tabs. I, I'll probably let you know on like, hey, this is podcast 30, um, Kind kind of a professional right now. Keep me to a higher standard than you did on episode one. Likewise, this episode is running a little long because of the lack of professionalism on my part. I apologize sincerely for that. If you allocated 30 minutes on the dot for this podcast, you will miss this part right now and we'll be doing whatever was more important that you had to do instead of listening to the last five minutes of this podcast. But with that... And I, I've also said with that being said, and like, but a ton, maybe we'll iron that in the future, out in the future, maybe not. Let me know if that's really annoying to you, or if I said a specific word too many times, or if I said something that was like blatantly and factually incorrect. Direct all those complaints and praise and mentions about how weird my voice sounds on recordings to at Sports on Twitter. Um, if you're not already... Please subscribe on iTunes. When I'm recording this, it's still not up. 
I know that might be a little giveaway about how early I'm recording this, but it's not up on iTunes yet. This will probably be released when it's on iTunes. There's also a delay between when I release it on SoundCloud and iTunes. Somebody in the know told me that. So for those of you that listen on SoundCloud, you're getting a little uh you're get you're getting a little taste before the iTunes folks do. I think that should be it. Follow Dunor Sports on Twitter. Subscribe to the podcast. Let me know how I did, for better or worse. Preferably for better. I, I don't take criticism well at all. I get really defensive and insulting. Um, so just praise. Just send your praise. All right. See you next week. Stop.